This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. For Monday, February the 15th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Jimmy Murphy momentarily as well. We're ready to break down the Monday NHL card as we begin week number two in conjunction with the Hockey Podcast Network here. Second week on the air, free for all. Again, just a reminder before we get into today's card, our show daily live, seven days a week on YouTube, on the Ice Guys YouTube channel and the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel as well. Uh, so make sure uh, you tune in and join us uh, in either uh, platform. Uh, and also a reminder as well uh, that we have the show in audio podcast form daily as well, uh, which is posted usually an hour or so after we uh, record it live. Uh, so make sure uh, you join, uh, tune in for that, uh, the audio podcast version, download it, listen on the go. If you can't tune in to the Ice Guys show, uh, live, but uh, we're good to be uh, here. Good to have the crew back as well, and ready to break down the Monday NHL card, which is not your typical Monday. Uh, usually, we're talking a, a minimal amount of games, uh, but we have a stacked card tonight in NHL action. We've got uh, uh, let me just uh, count it up here. We've got ten games tonight uh, on the uh, NHL slate, including a matinee affair, which is the one we're going to begin with to begin this card. Uh, it is the St. Louis Blues taking on the Arizona Coyotes. St. Louis, minus 115 to minus 120. Road favorites, uh, total five and a half shaded to the under in this game. Welcome to game seven of the Stanley Cup. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not game seven. It just feels that way because this is going to be the seventh straight meeting uh, between the St. Louis Blues and the Arizona Coyotes. And quite frankly, it's the rubber match. It, it, it's got that actual feel of a game seven, not just because it's a seven yeah. straight game between the two teams, but based on where we're at 
three games apiece. St. Louis has won three. Arizona's won three uh, in the first six games between these two teams. So, you know, you should give one of these teams like a a, a fake Stanley Cup or some kind of trophy or something <laughs> if they win this game tonight. Uh, skate around center ice with it. Have like a little mini uh, championship trophy celebration within the season for whoever wins this uh, seven-game series. It's pretty funny. Here we are. It's a regular season game. They've played six times in a row, and this is like game seven, and it's 3-3 in the series. So winner take all here, uh, essentially. Uh, the Blues, um, they've definitely played better in Arizona here at Gila River Arena than they did in St. Louis. Of course, Arizona uh, won two of the three meetings in St. Louis, and now uh, St. Louis has returned the favor here with back-to-back -back wins against Arizona here on Friday and Saturday against the Coyotes. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it going here in this one. Uh, games that could have went either way, but uh, obviously uh, the Blues uh, pull it out 5-4 in overtime uh, on Saturday. Uh, you definitely like the fact that they've uh, definitely gotten their offense going here in Arizona. Not necessarily something that got them going uh, in St. Louis, but you look at guys that have chipped in for them. Mike Hoffman's been awesome. Four goals, two assists. Ryan O'Reilly, four goals, three assists. David Perron has six points as well. Uh, for the uh, Blues in this six-game set with the Coyotes. So they're getting a lot of good offensive contributions right now from the guys you need to be producing. And keep in mind, too, the Blues, they've got a couple of key forwards out. I mean, Tyler Bozak's been out for a while. We haven't seen Vladdy Tarasenko yet this year. Jaden Schwartz didn't play on Saturday uh, due to a uh, lower body injury. So they've had a couple, and Robert Thomas as well. Uh, you know, several weeks, he's a sideline due to a thumb injury. So, Key cogs up front for the Blues. So to see them, you know, withstand that, overcome that, score goals, win the last two games, pretty impressive. This is tough because St. Louis has won five in a row on the road. They've got the momentum. But I kind of lean Arizona here. It's not a game that I'm probably going to end up betting. Uh, I do have a lean to the Coyotes here uh, in this one. Uh, it looks like we'll probably get Darcy Kemper and Jordan Binnington uh, back in net after we saw the battle of the backups take place on Saturday night. Billy Huso. Uh, and INT Ronto were in that Saturday. I'm really miffed at myself. I didn't bet the over in that game because I kind of saw it coming. And for some reason, I left it alone. It was a bad call, a bad job by me not to jump in on that over. Uh, so for me right now, it would be a lean to Arizona. As far as the total goes, we had a 5-4 game. It's still two teams that I think their bread and butter is at the defensive end of the ice. So I could see this game being a little bit more tighter checking, lower scoring with what's at stake here. You know, the winner of this game is going to basically take the series four games to three. Uh, so I would lean under, but I'm not in love with it. It's a pass for me just to lean to the Coyotes and a lean to the under. Alex, I know you've been feasting on these first period overs with these two teams. Are you going back to that well today? I most certainly am. I mean, we're four and two with them. Uh, should have been five and one. He had that unfortunate goal call back, and there were about five posts between both teams uh, in that first period. That was a, about two games ago. Uh, and what's interesting about this is that, you know, the quotes, uh, obviously, you know, we've kind of laughed and joked about how this is, you know, game seven of a series, but it would really behoove both of these teams to actually treat this like a game seven. Who knows? These two teams are on the same division, they might actually meet in a seven game series in the playoffs potentially down the road. So why not use this as a, as a time to get that experience on the belt, especially for an Arizona team uh, who, you know, we haven't seen them much in the playoffs over the last years. Obviously, we saw the Blues win the cup a couple of years ago. So their old hat to being in the postseason. But I think this would be a really good test for, for Arizona to treat this like a true uh, kind of a, a playoff-style atmosphere, especially since they've lost the last two games at home uh, after winning three in a row. So, uh, you know, make this a, a moment of, uh, you know, uh, of experience and something to work on 
Uh, and obviously the, the odd start time could, you know, catch uh, either team off guard as well. So I think that yeah, we're definitely going to see this first period over cash in. I grabbed it at even money this morning uh, and, and it's a lean for me to Arizona, but I'm not going to play that official. Just stay with the first period over. All right, first period over, one and a half here, around even money with the Coyotes and the Blues. That is an afternoon game. Again, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific uh, start time uh, for that one between the Blues and Coyotes. So nice to have a little late afternoon Monday hockey. I'll never complain about that. Uh, New York Islanders and Buffalo Sabres. We've got the Islanders, minus 140, road favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the under. Kind of like what I said on yesterday's show about Colorado. I didn't know they were in the league still. can say that about Buffalo right here. They have not played for quite some time. This is their first game returning from their COVID-19 uh, hiatus, which really took a toll on this team. Several Sabres were on COVID-19 protocol lists uh, for the last couple of weeks. And finally, they are now in a spot uh, where they can get back on the ice uh, and play a hockey game. But it's still going to be a relatively shorthanded team. I mean, there's still a, a bunch of key players that are going to be missing. Up front, Gergensen, Middlestat, Lazar, Reinhardt, uh, all expected to potentially miss this game uh, for the Buffalo Sabres here uh, in their return. Well, with Reinhardt, who's obviously key because he's a top six forward, um, they're hopefully playing, but it's still not quite for sure yet. So be uh, something to monitor maybe right before opening puck drop tonight in Buffalo with him. And then on the blue line, you know, they're going to be a little bit shorthanded there because Jake McCabe's not going to play. Brandon Montour uh, is going to be out as well. And Rasmus Ristolainen uh, also not available for the Buffalo Sabres. So all of a sudden, you're looking at a blue line that's going to have to go with Colin Miller, Henry Yoki Haru, Rasmus Dahlin. And you're probably going to look at the likes of Matt Irwin, who's been around the block, was with the Sharks for a while. Maybe you go with a Brandon Davidson who's been, a, you know, bounced around from a bunch of teams, but you're going to be going with a makeshift uh, blue line, particularly with your, you know, three, four, five, six defensemen going into this game if you're the Buffalo Sabres. So that's a little bit of a concern. I went on and on about the trend yesterday. The two and the teams that are playing their first game after the COVID 19 hiatus that they had gone 2 and 0. Well, that came to an end yesterday with Colorado, who lost 1 0 to Vegas. So now it's 2 and 1 with that trend. Uh, again, this is a small sample size, so I don't want to say that completely, you know, to hell with my theory yesterday that maybe you want to bet these teams. They've been flying, they've been rested uh, and all that, um, but it, it, to me, it's tricky here. But B Buffalo definitely got practice in, like I talked about with uh, Colorado, and also what happened with Vegas and Dallas. When they returned from their hiatus, they did get some time to get on the ice and practice at least a little bit. We'll see if that uh, is going to help them here. But Sabres have struggled against the Islanders. I kind of like the way the Islanders are starting to turn things around right now uh, going into this game. Uh, they played pre pretty solid hockey uh, in their last few games, this uh, Islanders team. Give them credit. Not many teams are beating the Boston Bruins these days. The Islanders managed to do that on Saturday night, starting to get their defensive game in order. Uh, you're seeing Matthew Barzell, uh, Jordan Eberle starting to get it going offensively. And you know how streaky he can be. So that's a good sign. I like all of the signs I'm seeing from the last couple of games, the last few games actually from the Islanders. Problem is Ilya Sorokin uh, has been tabbed as the starting goalie tonight for them, and he's 0-3 on the season. His numbers are uh, less than awe-inspiring, less than flattering uh, to say the least, uh, below at 900 save percentage, uh, not the greatest of numbers this year for Ilya Sorokin. Uh, that always worries me just a little bit. So you know, I, I think initially I might have looked to back the Islanders. They definitely own Buffalo. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get from the Sabres today. You haven't played in a while. They are 
uh, a team that's also still shorthanded, especially on the blue line. So, you know, a tough game uh, overall uh, when it's all said and done for me. I passed. I'm not involved in it. Uh, Alex, did you come up with anything here? Islanders and Sabres. Yeah, I like the first period over here. Uh, it's also at even money. Like I said, Sorokin struggled a little bit, but uh, I think Buffalo is really going to come out flat in this spot. They're not that good of a team anyway. Uh, and the fact that the like I said, missing pieces and, and you know having to really kind of get acclimated. This is not the kind of team you want to get acclimated against. A team that plays slow, uh, likes to shut things down defensively. So I like uh, the Islanders here. In regulation, I think Sorokin gets his first win, but I also like this first period over too. We've seen 10 of the last 13 Islanders games go over in the first period. So uh, both of those are official. Both of those official. Islanders in regulation, uh, which you can get at a pretty solid plus price, and also looking Islanders Sabres over one and a half here uh, in the first period for Alex B. Smith. We go to the Battle of Ontario, Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto minus 300 home favorites. I can't be shocked. Any kind of Elite team is going to be in this kind of price range against Ottawa, especially when the Sens are on the road. we got to get used to it. Uh, the total six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, Ottawa work ethic has been there, you know, for a lot of games now. You're seeing them. DJ Smith's made a, definitely a point of emphasis that, hey, we're struggling to score goals, and there's no doubt they are. Uh, finding offense, it's been hard to come by uh, for this Ottawa Senators team, uh, and they're just trying to hang around in games. Uh, but they worked that kind of uh, theory to perfection uh, on Saturday against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, the, the bear down on defense. They made life easy for Marcus Hogberg, who uh, actually played his best game of the season by far. Uh, who had he had been really struggling, but he's a guy that might have to consider uh, or continue, I should say, uh, carrying the load for this. Ottawa team because Matt Murray uh, is dealing with an upper body injury right now uh, for the Ottawa Senators. He's still going to be out for this game. So we're looking at Marcus Hogberg again uh, in net for Ottawa. And I think they realize, hey, we were letting them, we were hanging him out to dry. I don't think he's a great goalie anyway, Marcus Hogberg, but we've at least got to do everything possible to make things easy on him. And that's, you know, trying to play tight, play conservative not trade scoring, not trade rush chances, not trade odd man rushes, just be sound structured, make good plays with the puck, simplify our game and try to help this struggling goalie out. And sure enough, they helped him out. They played pretty tight, pretty good defensively against Winnipeg. Uh, not that Hogberg was tested with a ton of A-grade chances from the Jets, but when he was, he, he was there to make the save. And the Ottawa Senators in the final seconds end up getting the uh, game-winning goal uh, and beating the Winnipeg Jets 2-1. to one. So you definitely give Ottawa credit. They've worked really, really hard, but I think they're in a tricky situation here. Now, on the road again, facing a Leaf team that was very frustrated with letting that one nothing lead slip away from them Saturday night uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. They ended up losing that game 2-1. Uh, to one. What worries me about the Leafs, too, is when they have one of those rare games where you know their offense pretty much gets shut down, uh, and that's exactly what we saw. Uh, Saturday night against the uh, Canadians and what I think was clearly one of the best games this season from Carey Price. He was really good. In fact, Toronto was swarming Montreal for about two periods and he kept the game at one nothing. And then finally Montreal pretty much dominated the third period and then took control and won the game two to one. Uh, you would think there's a chance that maybe the floodgates open here a little bit more for the Leafs. I'm not sure about floodgates, but what I am interested in, and this is my first official play on this card, is the team total for the Leafs. It's three and a half. You got to lay a little chalk with it, uh, but sometimes you got to lay a price to get a winner uh, in your pocket. 
And, and that's what I'm going to do here with Toronto. Over three and a half. I got it at minus 160. It's gone up to minus 175. So it is definitely a little pricey. If you don't want to lay that much, you could go over four and a half at a plus price. Um, I don't like that one quite as much. I'd prefer the three and a half to so that the Leafs, if they get to four goals, uh, it's a winner. Uh, but I do think they're going to find the back of the net here. I also think the Leafs are actually going to be helped by Joe Thornton's return. And you might look at that and say, well, Joe Thornton's not what he used to be. Well, the top line of the Leafs, Matthews and Marner, I don't want to say they've not been awesome without him, but they've definitely missed him. I think the chemistry on that top line hasn't been as, as prevalent for the Toronto Maple Leafs without Joe Thornton on the ice. Early in the season, before he got injured, that line was flying, and they were picking apart teams and now they're going to get Jumbo Joe uh, back on their line. And he does all that work to free up the puck and free up space for Matthews and for Marner. So to be able to get Joe Thornton back here, I think it's good for Toronto. It's good for them offensively. And it's especially good for that top line. So my look here is toward the team total over three and a half here, minus 175 on the Toronto Maple Leafs in this one. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Sends and Leafs. Yeah, I mean, this Senators team's pretty bad. And we've seen them you know, be competitive in a few games. But like you said, now they're playing a, a Toronto team that's going to be pissed off because of the how they blew that lead against their rivals in Montreal. Uh, this game could get ugly quick and in a hurry. I'm going to go with the Leafs on the first period puck line. You can get that around plus 105 or even money. All right, there you go. And even with a big favorite, you can still all, almost always, unless they're a monster favorite, like approaching minus 400, you know, you could probably almost always get a, even a big favorite like this at a plus price on that first period puck line. Uh, and you can just get that plus 105 with Toronto. We've got Jimmy Murphy in the house now joining us here on this Monday, February 15th edition of the Ice Guys. Jimmy, welcome in. What do you think of the Battle of Ontario here? Uh, I don't know if we can call it the Battle of Ontario. Well, I guess, I mean, the Senators did beat the Maple Leafs, right? So uh, they want a few teams to do so. But um, yeah. It, you know, you can't not like Toronto in this game. And then like mentioning Jumbo Joe coming back just adds more depth for them. Adds a whole new element on the power play as well in the second unit there. So uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I'd love to take the Leafs in this. There's just not much value in the side. But what I would take is the over-under in this and go over because I sense a lot of goals coming uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs in this game. All right, over six and a half. Uh, I lean to that as well. I just worry what Ottawa is going to do for me. Because I will say this, Toronto defensively, you know, the last several games, they're playing well uh, in their yeah, own zone. This is, as good a, this is as good a Leaf team defensively as I've seen in years. And you got to give Sheldon Keefe credit. I think you got to give some of the moves they've made credit. Bogosian, you know, a nice addition in terms of steadying the back end, a veteran presence as well. Uh -huh. You know, I suddenly, uh, TJ Brody's been awesome. And Justin Hall's the guy that's, you know, just making everybody pay attention right now. This guy's game, this guy wasn't even good enough to play, apparently, in Mike Babcock's crazy world uh, early last season. He wasn't good enough to play in Dubas's either. Let, let's yeah. not let him off the hook, uh, you yeah. know. And, I, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a uh, organizational-wide uh, overrating some players and underrating others is, what I, is the way I see it there. You know who they overrated? Martin Marinson. That guy was oh awful. God. And he kept Where is getting he? playing time. Is he in the NHL anymore? Yeah, I don't even see him anywhere. On if he is, so. he's in the AHL with somebody. <laughs> or maybe he went back to Europe. Who knows? That's a good question. Yeah. We'll have to look that up before the end of the show. Where is, not where's Waldo? Where's Marty yeah. Marinson here for the, uh, in terms of his hockey career? It's fallen off a cliff right now. I, I don't even know where like he is. Like you and I said, uh, you know, Hull is a great bet for a prop to ride right now because I'm still seeing great value on him to get goals and, and points there. So 
I mean, they're going to sooner or later, Vegas is going to catch on on that. So if you can throw something down on him, well, you can. I mean, he's a, he's been a great bet. He's a he's a great story. Uh, otherwise, uh, he's a hard guy not to cheer for. Yeah, he's still with the Leafs organization, Marinson, actually, but he's with the Marlies. Yeah, he was put on waivers and nobody claimed him. Okay. So that's why okay. he's still with the uh that's why he's still with the Leaf, but obviously he's a healthy scratch every night. And Zaitsev too was another guy, right? Remember they were pretty yeah. high on him. Yeah, and Zaitsev is now with uh Ottawa. Ottawa. That kind of explains why Ottawa's defense is a little bit of a train wreck <laughs> right now as well. But uh, yeah. nevertheless, yeah, I do I do lean full game over, but I feel safer just relying on Toronto to do the scoring for me. So uh, the team total over is the way I went. Next up, we've got uh, Chicago taking – actually, you know what? That's 730. I'm going to actually skip down the board. We usually go in rotation order, but we, I like to go in time order as well. Uh, we'll do the other two 7 p.m. Eastern games first, Columbus and Carolina. Carolina minus 180, home favorites, total 5.5 shaded to the over in this game. It's a tricky spot for Carolina. The one thing that bothers me is that they haven't lost at home yet. They've been very good on this home ice and they're coming off a loss, uh, a frustrating one uh, against the Dallas Stars, where the Stars rallied from a 3-1 deficit on Saturday night to come back uh, and win that game uh, in uh, a shootout. Uh, so it was a good win for the uh, Dallas Stars the other night, frustrating one for Carolina. But I still think this is a pretty big price given the spot. It's the first game back home off a road trip to be given a Columbus team that's been in every single game. Columbus doesn't rarely lose by margin. They've been in almost every game they've played this year. And this has that makings of another one-goal tight game, just like the previous meetings with these two teams when they played in Columbus just recently, the Jackets and the Hurricanes. They played pretty close games with one another. There's probably a chance we see something similar here uh, in this game tonight uh, between these two teams. Uh, Patrick Lyonet and Jack Roslovic, I don't think the uh, Jackets can ask for much more from them uh, than they've gotten so far. Uh, they have met, not only gotten on the scoreboard, but in the case of Lion, he dropped the gloves the other night uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks in a, a pretty uh, surprising development. But, you know, coming off road games, uh, Hurricanes, of course, uh, with the uh, trying to come back from that road trip. I'm, I beg your pardon, I misspoke. Uh, Carolina beat Dallas on uh, Saturday in the shootout 4-3. Uh, so they're coming off a win. So that does change things a little bit here uh, going into this game. Columbus, meanwhile, uh, they lost in overtime 3-2. Uh, to Chicago. Still a tricky uh, spot here a little bit for this uh, Carolina Hurricanes team uh, going into this game when you look at uh, the scheduling situation. James Reimer, I'm telling you what, he's going to be in net it looks like tonight for the uh, Hurricanes and I said this on the weekend that his play is kind of getting worse as he goes along here. He, you know, He's given up more goals. He's not really quite as sharp as he was those first few starts where he took over from Morazic. I think the amount of games under his belt, you know, adding up your you know, you're, you're when you when you're backup goalie and you're not used to playing every night. Sometimes that can add up. And I think the other teams now have more of a idea of where where to go in terms of finding weaknesses, scouting for tendencies when it comes to James Reimer. So you're seeing his like his goals against and save percentage numbers are not great by any stretch. And Columbus, we know what the uptick that they have offensively right now with what Line A and Roslovic have brought to the table with Bjorkstrand and Atkinson starting to get their game going offensively as well. I think Columbus. I think they're live here. I would take the plus price here with this Jackets team around plus 160. I'm also going to go over the total here. I think for the first time in only uh, six games since Lion has been there, it stayed under the other night uh, with the uh, Chicago-Columbus game. But you're talking about five and a half here. Yeah. Corpus Salo's still been you know, a little bit up and down, inconsistent. So is the Jackets defense as a team. 
and kind of expected for me because I thought with Lion A and Roslovic coming on board, you'd start to see them open up a little, open the game up a little bit, and they have done that. So I like the underdog here, Columbus at plus 160 and also over 5.5 at minus 120. Alex, your thoughts on uh, Columbus and Carolina? Yeah, I would lean with Columbus as well. I think this is a little bit too high of a price for Carolina right now, like I said, uh, coming off of that road trip. But what I like here is the first period over. Uh, which is going against the grain a bit because both of these teams have gone under in the first period in six of the last 10 games. Uh, but I think, like I said, with the uptick of offense now for Columbus uh, and, and Reimer, you know, he's been playing a lot of minutes lately. So like I said, it's starting to wear on him. He, he might break down a little bit early. So I wouldn't be shocked to see this be a one, one game after the first 20 minutes. So you only land a dollar 10, dollar 15 with the first period over here between Carolina and Columbus. Ian, you're muted. All right. Uh, over one and a half, minus 110, first period, Carolina, Columbus. It's amazing how often that happens. Jimmy, what do you think here? <laughs> Columbus, too, Carolina. I'm, I'm the king of it, buddy. Don't worry. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, I agree with everything you guys just said, and I'm going to focus more on that first period like Alex. I like, make that an official play for me as well. And uh, good bringing up, you know, everyone's talking about line A, but uh, Rosovic has just been unreal there. He. I say when all is said and done, because I don't think line A will end up staying in Columbus. I say he's going to end up being the key part of that deal for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, yep. in the end. So it's something to keep an eye on, but he's been something else so far. And Ross, yeah. I mean, he, you know, going back home too, I'm sure they had to really kind of energize it as well. So like I said, that, that deal is, I think that deal is great for Columbus and with both players, obviously, but yeah. like I said, Ross right now, he definitely looks like the, the, the jewel of, of that trade deal, but, but Lion Ace, you know, chipped in well, you know, too, and he got into that fight the other night, yep. you know, that if he can add that dimension to his game, you know, show yeah. a little more toughness and grit that that'll help as well. I just can't see Columbus bringing him back at the money he's going to command when his contract's up after this year. You know, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Roslovic is at a great deal. He's locked in for what, two years. I think he just signed. So yeah. uh, they got a great deal with him right now. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. And that's why it's great that Roslovic is stepping it up right now. And, and Columbus, you know, Ian's really kept, I like the tabs you're keeping on that team because they're an interesting team to follow in terms of betting guys, because we're always kind of typecast them as one of those tight defensive teams whereas they are opening up more right now, and that's something to watch. Yeah, and the quote from Tortorella is, you know, we're, with the way our team's constructed right now, we may have to try to outscore teams on some nights. He's even yeah. optimistic. He's even open to that idea. It, it, that yeah, it's not, not just going to be all like anyway. last year where it's trying to win 2-1, 3-1 every night. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Columbus uh, first period over for yes. uh, Jimmy Murphy in yep. that one, uh, which is around minus 110 with the uh, Jackets and the uh, Hurricanes. Next up. Uh, it's the Battle of Florida, part three, third time in a row between the uh, Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We've got Tampa Bay minus 170, home favorites, total six, shaded to the under. There were five and a halfs earlier today, but those are pretty much gone. And I think it's a reaction to the goaltending matchup that is projected for tonight. It looks like Battle of the Backups in store in Tampa Bay. Chris Dreger for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, and it's going to be uh, Curtis McElhaney in net for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So they've actually both got pretty good numbers this year, albeit limited amount of starts. But you can understand why there's some interest in the over. I do agree with that. That is on my card over. Now, I bet over 5.5 minus 125. I'm not going to drop it off the card, though, just because it's at 6. Like I say, if this was 6.5, if this was a move from a full goal move with the total from 5.5 to 6.5, then I might have considered – 
you know, not going with it. But even at six, I would, I'll put it on the card, go over the total in this one. I'm kind of leaning Florida from a, from a side perspective for a bunch of reasons here in this game. I know they obviously Tampa Bay got the uh, revenge win six to one on Saturday. Uh, Steven Stamkos, by the way, has been cleared from COVID-19 protocol. He will return tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And I know Tampa Bay's undefeated at home. Something else you have to keep in mind, although they're still Anthony Sorelli, uh, the second line center for this team. Uh, looks like he uh, is still going to miss another game here with that upper body injury. Uh, still uh, an, a key absence because Sorelli's always played pretty well uh, for this uh, Lightning team. But when I look back at the two games with Florida and Tampa Bay, Florida was full marks for winning the first one, and they earned it. They deserved it. They outplayed Tampa Bay, outshot them, outchanced them. You look at high danger chances. You look at the expected goals margin. All of those things uh, were in Florida's favor in the first game. But then you look at the second game where it says 6-1 Tampa, and believe it or not, Florida had the edge and expected goal margin in that game. Florida had the edge in shots in that game. Florida had more high danger chances in that game, believe it or not, despite the 6-1 to loss the other night. Uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So a team that maybe deserved, you know, a little bit of a better result. I don't know if win the game, but it certainly certainly didn't play out based on the flow of play and the territorial advantage was nowhere near for Tampa Bay what that 6 to 1 final score might lead you to believe. So just pump the brakes a little bit that wow, Tampa really found it and put the brakes or uh, put the boots I should say to the Florida Panthers and it's going to happen again here. I'm not so sure about that. Um, like I say, Tampa Bay's been a juggernaut at home. They've scored goals in bunches at home. But I might put a small flyer tonight on this Florida side at plus 150, especially in a game where I think it might be closer to a coin flip and a, you know, a type of result. Two backups in net. Not the worst thing in the world in my mind to be taking a plus 150 uh, side here with the Florida Panthers, considering they, they split the first two games. And you could argue in the second game, even though they lost 6-1, some of those advanced numbers in terms of the high danger chances generated and the expected goals margin for the game actually favored Florida, you know, and, and which has given you uh, obviously some confidence if you're the Panthers going into this game. So I do like the over more, but I'm going to probably have a small bet on Florida here getting plus 150 uh, as well. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? Panthers and Lightning. Yeah, this is, I'm going to stay away from the side here. Like you, you made some great points about Florida. You know, they played well enough. They obviously won one game. They played well enough to have possibly could have won the second, uh, you know, at, at times. And then, of course, you know, Tampa Bay just turned things up a notch and, and blew them out of the water. But at the flip, flip side, you look at the numbers. Tampa's won eight of the la uh, eight straight meetings against Florida at home. Uh, they've now won 11 of the last 14 overall. They, they've always seemed to pretty much have Florida's number more often than not. So uh, I'm just going to stay away from this one here. A slight lean in the first period over. Uh, I was seeing that you only land at a dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five with, with a couple of backup goalies. That's a fairly decent price. So there's other stuff I like on this card a bit more, so it's just a lean, nothing official. All right, Jimmy, what do you think here, Florida, Tampa? Yeah, I'm I'm passing on this game too, guys. Kind of hard to figure out, and it's some great points by you there, Ian. I mean, I think these last two games have been strange to say the least. Uh, the games within the games that are going on, so to speak. So I'll pass on this one for right now, but definitely we'll keep an eye on it because I I, I think. You know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but we said we said about this series how much more it means to Florida than it does to Tampa, and you know this three game series that they're in right now. And I, I just I think that this game could tell us a lot about where Florida is going forward in terms of betting them. 
Yeah, and if you're into a long-term trends, uh, 22 and 8, and I mentioned liking the over in this game, 22 and 8 with the over the last 30 meetings between the Panthers and Lightning here uh, in Tampa Bay. And I'm, I'll tell you right now, a lot, some of these games, many of them were six, six and a half totals. Yeah. And this one opened five and a half and just earlier, a couple hours ago, got pushed up to six. So still, and again, you saw the first two games go over the total. Florida carried the first game to the over. Tampa carried the second game to the over. But again, can you get six? I think you can. So I do like that over. And you're right. The, the dominance for Tampa against Florida at home and overall at home, including this season, is why I'm just going to keep that Florida play to a smaller one uh, in this game. All right, we got Detroit uh, hosting Chicago. Uh, the uh, Blackhawks about minus 125 to minus 130. Road favorites, five and a half shaded to the under the total. I'm going to keep my analysis pretty brief here because this is a game I'm not involved in, side or totals-wise. Like I got the uh, money with Detroit uh, Saturday. A uh, good win for the Red Wings, 4-2 in Nashville. But you know very well that was every bit anti-Nashville, more anti-Nashville than it was pro-Detroit. Uh, argument for me in that game, just like it was betting Detroit the first game against Nashville last Thursday where they fell short 3-2. We'll see if they can keep it up here against Chicago. Chicago already beat Detroit twice. Now, Detroit had a lot of key guys out due to COVID protocols at that time uh, in the first uh, two meetings. So this is a better version of Detroit going into this game tonight against Chicago. But uh, the Blackhawks are finding a way. And to be honest with you, if they don't have just a horrendous meltdown uh, in the third period, you know, the first of the two games against Columbus that they played, uh, this team's win streak would be even greater uh, than it is right now. So give the Blackhawks a lot of credit. Uh, they're, they're playing very well, really at both ends of the ice. They kind of got back to a better defensive effort uh, in the Saturday game, the rematch against the uh, Blue Jackets, uh, which you like to see. I know uh, the Blackhawks, have, that's been the surprise of the season, really, for Chicago, is the fact that they've shown the ability to actually play some better defense, get some goaltending from mostly Kevin Lankin, and who's gotten uh, the majority of the starts here for uh, the Blackhawks this season. So, you know, it's the kind of momentum that, you know, I'm not necessarily rushing to step in front of right now. So, it's a, but at the same time, Chicago minus 130 road chalk. I don't know if that's a price that I'm in love with. So that's why pass. Uh, we'll see how this one goes, but I'm not involved with it from a betting perspective. Alex, what do you think here? Chicago, Detroit. Yeah, the Hawks have won five of their last seven. Like you said, you know, that meltdown that they had, uh, the other night against Columbus, you know, they could have easily won that game as well. They've been competitive in their last eight or nine games because they're finally gelling together well defensively. Lincoln's been stellar in net, uh, and they get some great offense. Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkin have been uh, that one-two punch, probably one of the, the best one-two punches in all of hockey at the right now. Uh, and, you know, Detroit coming back home off of a six-game road trip. Hawks are starting a six-game road trip, so you kind of have a, a cross pattern of, of energies there. High, you know, Hawks going to try to look to start off fresh and hot, where you know we might see a bit sluggish of a start from Detroit. Uh, he said they're they're playing better hockey, but that's not saying a whole lot considering how bad Detroit's been all year. So uh, I'm like I said, 130 is a bit steep. I'm going to be playing the Hawks here in regulation uh, and, and maybe a lean with the first period under because these are two teams that have been scoring. Uh, usually later in, in contests, but I definitely like the Hawks here to get two points in regulation. Yeah, you said it about uh, the the magic going on right now with Kane and Debrinket in that top line centered by the rookie, Pius Suter, uh, who's been absolutely outstanding here for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Six goals, three assists uh, already for him this year, so uh, give him credit. He's been a fine for the Blackhawks. He's centering that top line Suter, and boy, he has fit in very nicely in between Kane 
and Debrinket. And that top line's been uh, a, a, a tough uh, matchup uh, most nights for opposing teams. Jimmy, what do you think here with uh, Chicago and Detroit? Well, boys, usually I'm like this with the Red Wings, but no, not today, guys. Not today. I'm with Alex on this. Give me uh, the Blackhawks in regulation in this. Uh, they're starting to look like uh, one of these Cinderella teams uh, as we go on here. And, you know, I don't know if you guys saw it. I wrote about this, and there's a there's a lot of talk now that maybe they're adding players in a month or so as opposed to uh, selling off pieces like Patrick Kane or any of those older guys from the Cup days. Keep an eye on the Blackhawks, man. They might become buyers soon. Well, the thing is, you got Patrick Kane on this uh, team. I know Taves hasn't played yet this year, but you hope eventually at some point he comes back. And uh, you've got guys that you know, if you're if you have a good record approaching the trade deadline, can you if you're Stan Bowman, can you really look at these guys in the mirror uh, and be able to say, you know what, uh, we're going to trade you, uh, you know, and we're going to give up on maybe going for it. Uh, that's the thing. It's supposed to be a rebuilding yeah. year, but it, it's it's going to be a delicate, delicate, fine line. And yeah. I think it's too soon yeah. to tell. But let's, you're, you're let's also talking about where things stand. You're also talking about the same GM that traded Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad. So <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. I think you the best bet, it, guys. I I think back, you know, covering the Bruins. I think when Bruce Cassidy first came on, they're kind of in that situation in 2017, and you. The best bet, I think, is just stand pat. Ride this out. Enjoy it. Don't don't sell away anybody. But, it, you know, stand pat right now and just enjoy this. Let the kids develop and and see where it goes. But they, I, I, gambling-wise, they're, they've been a fun team to jump on right now because I don't think everybody's catching on yet. So There's no doubt. They have been a surprise. And uh, the, the prices are starting to get adjusted a little bit now because you saw Chico like Columbus was a, a, a pretty decent team last year, certainly the last couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they've all of a sudden, you know, Chicago was favored over Columbus on the in the game on Saturday. So you're starting to see odds makers adjust the pricing a little bit on this Blackhawks team uh, based on the way they've played. Uh, we'll see uh, if they can keep this role going tonight uh, that they're on as they face Detroit. We've got Nashville and Dallas. Dallas minus 160 home favorites, five and a half shaded to the under the total in this game. Uh, it's been fade Nashville City for Ian Cameron, yours truly here. Uh, on the Ice Guys show for several uh, games in a row. They were this close from losing both games to Detroit at home, you know, for this Nashville team. They were lucky to beat, win 3-2 Thursday. I thought the Red Wings had the better of the play. Detroit got him back on Saturday with the 4-2 win. And now they're taking on a Dallas team that I think now they're going to go into this game with a lot of jump, a lot of confidence. They're, they're starting to put things together a little bit, even though they fell to Carolina the other night, the fact that they rallied, tied the game, positives moving forward. They've, you know, had no problems with this Nashville team, you know, in the two previous games this season and Nashville just one and five uh, on the road in their previous six road games. We've talked about it ad nauseum here with this Nashville Predators team. There's not an area of their game they can hang their hat on and say it's going well for us right now. Not their defense, not their offense, and certainly not their horrendous special teams. Their power plays in the tank. Oh, and their penalty kills only dead last, 31st uh, in the NHL uh, this season. It's just there's nothing right now that you could say for this uh, Nashville Predators team uh, that their game is in any kind of uh, form that would lead you to want to, you know, trust them right now. And that's the way I feel. I mean, one and three on the four game homestand for them, and they were outscored 17 to six. 
in those games, the Nashville Predators. So it has been just a dreadful run. Now they go on the road for six straight games, starting with back-to-back here in Dallas. Uh, I'm going with Dallas here in regulation. You can get that around plus 100, minus 105, right around even money. I think the Stars get it done in 60 minutes, and we'll just keep on. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we're fading this uh, hapless, rudderless Predators team one more time tonight. Alex, what do you think here with uh, Nashville-Dallas? Yeah, I'm saying the same play with you. Dallas in regulation, I got it at uh, plus money, even money, I should say. And what's interesting is the one thing that kind of scares me is the fact that Dallas, I mean, the reason I like it is the reason it scares me with this play because they've gone overtime in three of the last four games. So you worry about that if, if they, you know, they've on a losing streak. Nashville's, you know, been playing poorly. Could these two teams kind of cancel each other out and end up, you know, going into overtime tied two to two? That could be a potential. But I think Dallas is the better team, and I think this would be a good spot for them to turn things around at home. Uh, where Nashville, like I said, even though they're starting off a road trip, uh, this is just not a good hockey team. This could be the stretch that really kind of, uh, you know, puts them out of the race in the central uh, if they don't start to get things rolling. So I do like Dallas here at uh, plus 100 in regulation. All right, right around even money, Dallas in regulation as well for Alex in that game. Jimmy, uh, what do you think, Predators, Stars? See, I almost did it. Uh, you know what, guys? I, this game right now, I'm, I, I can't. I don't like Nashville at all, um, and I can't figure Dallas out, so I'm going to pass on this. But if I was going to lean towards it, I, I would go with Dallas. Um, I think, you know, they're due. They've had a rough go here to start the season. I think they definitely, if you were looking big picture, where, where teams are headed and what direction for their future, Dallas is on a much better path right now. And like you said, uh, guys, Nashville could be out of it soon. So uh, I'm going to pass on this one, but I would lean towards Dallas. All right, pass with a lean to Dallas for Jimmy. Uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton. We've got the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Yes, it should be. Minus 140 to minus 145 home favorites here. The total, uh, six and a half pretty much across the board here in this one. And the uh, Edmonton Oilers playing their best hockey of the season right here, right now. Uh, Six and one for the Edmonton Oilers in their last seven games, including three straight victories. And look at how they've done it. Not by lighting up the scoreboard, which is usually the way this team has to win games. No, they've been defensively, they've been better. And let's give Mike Smith credit, uh, who hadn't played a game yet this season. He's now rolled in here with three straight starts and been really, really strong, really, really good uh, in between the pipes for this team. 38 saves and the shutout win, 3 nothing against the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday, which was their... Uh, last game, so they've had a lot of time off now, uh, Thursday to Tuesday. I don't know if I like that, though. When a team's on a roll and you have this much time off, we're talking almost a full week uh, from that end of the road trip to this first game back home uh, against Winnipeg, I do worry a little bit. You know, your rhythm's thrown off a little bit. When you're rolling, you're feeling it, you're playing better hockey, you want to keep playing every second day or every third day. You don't want to have, you know, four days off like what the Edmonton Oilers have had going into this game. So I worry about that a little bit. Uh, Mike Smith, you would expect him uh, to be uh, back between the uh, pipes again tonight. Last I checked, there wasn't a goalie confirmation yet for this game, but uh, it makes no sense for uh, uh, Dave Tippett to uh, uh, adjust things or juggle his uh, goaltending uh, at this point in time with how good uh, Mike Smith has been. Uh, since coming back. So uh, I would expect him to be his likely uh, projected likely starter. I mean, fantastic numbers for sure. Uh, Hellebuck will probably be in net for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Winnipeg off a frustrating loss to Ottawa, two to one. 
it was just one of those games where you know Winnipeg was actually carrying the play, getting the offensive zone time. But it was one. And Paul Maurice, this is why he's such a good coach because he saw the same thing I saw Saturday afternoon. He said our passes weren't clicking. You know, the puck was just behind a guy in the offensive zone when trying to make that pass for a good chance. You know, a couple of broken sticks trying to shoot the puck. You know, stick breaks. You know, a couple of wide missed nets. Uh, it was just things weren't clicking in terms of offensive execution. Completing plays was what Paul Marie said was just not wasn't our best game in that regard. We were getting the zone time. We had the puck, but we just didn't have the our our, our execution offensively, making crisp passes, getting the puck on net. Just those little things weren't really there for Winnipeg. Uh, in that game against Ottawa. And of course, Ottawa hangs around, hangs around, and then they get the uh, game-winning goal with eight seconds left uh, to win two to one. Winnipeg's a good bounce-back team. Not just good, really good. Five and oh, off a loss this season uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. I kind of like this tantalizing plus price tag with the road dog Winnipeg Jets here. You can get plus 120 in this one. I think that's where I'm going to go in this one is for as good as Edmonton's played, six of their last seven, uh, it's hard to... uh, find faults right now in the Oilers game other than still their offense in terms of secondary scoring sometimes is something you worry about you know you can't always have McDavid Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse who's actually been a machine offensively this year from the blue line for Edmonton can't always rely on those three guys to carry you that way but I think Winnipeg after the loss to Ottawa good effort from them Mike Smith what goes up must come back down I still believe in that theory when it comes to him it has been a terrific three games for him don't get me wrong but I think at some point, you know, that uh-oh game and that whoopsie-daisy uh, weaker game from Mike Smith is probably just around the corner. Not saying it's going to happen tonight, but I just like the way this sets up for the Winnipeg Jets here. And I don't like the fact that Edmonton's been sitting now for four days when they're in the midst of their best hockey of the season. I think that could legitimately uh, disrupt chemistry, disrupt rhythm for them tonight in this game. So I like Winnipeg here, plus 120. And to be honest, I'd lean under the total. Here you're talking six and a half with uh you know Winnipeg has kind of played lower score especially on the road Winnipeg has really trended under the total Edmonton has really tightened things up lately with Smith playing well a uh, hellebuck in the other uh, crease for Winnipeg you know it's always difficult to beat him uh, I could see this game staying under the total as well Alex what do you think Edmonton Winnipeg yeah, I lean with Winnipeg for all the reasons you just mentioned like I said the way that they lost uh, to Ottawa giving up that goal late on Saturday afternoon. And now to turn around, they're playing Edmonton team. They said been rested a few days, uh, and they've done well against them. Won eight of the last eleven meetings uh, against the Oilers, and we're talking about you know historically some better Oilers teams uh, for the most part through that stretch. So uh, Winnipeg just seems to have the number. Also with Mike Smith, as good as he looked in the first two games, his numbers against Winnipeg: eleven, ten, and four with two point five nine goals against. So, uh, you know he's made saves, but he's you know end up on the losing end more often than not. Uh, in his career against this Jets team. So I'm going to be, you know, just a, a small lean with Winnipeg. It's not enough to make my card. All right, a lean to Winnipeg for Alex. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Good one in the North with the Jets and the Oilers. Yeah, guys, I like the way the Oilers are playing right now. Uh, more of a complete game. I mean, I'm not going to put them anywhere close to the level of uh, being the two-way team that the Toronto Maple Leafs are right now, but kind of the same thing where, you know, you think the Edmonton Oilers, you think run and gun, and lately they're not winning that way. They're winning by commitment. They're winning by doing the little things, and I like the way they're playing, so I'm going to ride them right now. Give me the Oilers in regulation. Yeah, current form is definitely on with them. I mean, 6-1 and one, their last seven. Edmonton in regulation plus 
115 the price uh, with that, the Oilers to win uh, in uh, 60 minutes. Next up, uh, Calgary, Vancouver. Ian, just one thing uh, quickly. Mike Smith has been confirmed as a starter for uh, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's fully what I was expecting. I mean, you'd be kind of crazy. If, and Dave Tippett's not crazy, but he'd be kind of crazy if he decided, let's go with Miko Koskinen. Mike Smith's on a roll. He's won three in a row. The team's winning. Let's just throw Miko Koskinen back in there. No, uh, it's Mike Smith's net, at least until he loses, probably, uh, at this point. Uh, Calgary and Vancouver. We've got uh, Calgary minus 120, minus 125 road favorites. The total six in this game. This is a fascinating game to analyze because on the one hand, you could say Vancouver finally got a win, finally got off the schneid, and they earned it. They were flat out better than Calgary. Hell, they should have won Thursday against Calgary as well. They dominated that game as well, and Jacob Markstrom essentially stole it, uh, the Thursday game for the Flames against the Canucks. He was not able to do that on Saturday, although he nearly did. Uh, That game was 1-1 late going into the latter stages of the third period when the Canucks got the uh, go-ahead goal 2-1 and then ended up with the uh, 3-1 victory uh, the other night against the uh, Flames. But it was the uh, uh, Jacob Markstrom show once again for sure, giving his team every opportunity uh, to try to win that game. Um, And Jeff Ward knew his team got away with it Thursday with a bad game. Bad game against Vancouver Thursday, but they won three to one. So everybody's, you know, not panicking because you still got the result you wanted, the win. But they played every bit as bad on Saturday night, if not worse. And then Jeff Ward basically let his team have it. I mean, not happy after that game, saying out competed, all, all the all the usual stuff you, you hear from a head coach when his team is just badly, badly this uh, outplayed and is the second best team on the ice by the kind of margin Calgary was the other night. So it's tricky. On the one hand, I think Vancouver's going to feel good. They got to win some confidence. It's amazing how you get one win. It can result in a team ripping off three, four, five wins in a row. Are the Canucks capable of it? Sure they can because they have played better defensively uh, as of late. They've made life easier on both Holpe and Demko uh, in net. Um, and they're scoring just enough offensively. But they really are trying to work on a better, improved, focused team defensive game, which is being emphasized right now by Travis Green. But on the other hand, the other part of me going into this game says, I think Calgary's just the better team. You've got Calgary off, you know, a game that their head coach was not happy about his team's effort level and compete level. I'd expect that to be a whole lot better uh, in this game tonight. So I could make a case for Calgary. I could make a case for Vancouver. When that happens, I'm not getting involved. So it's a pass here, Flames and Canucks. Wouldn't surprise me to see another under. Markstrom seems to be locked in against his former team. I mean, he has been outstanding, and it looks like he's taking great pleasure in doing everything he can uh, to make sure his team doesn't find the back of the net against him. And I would expect him to uh, probably play well again tonight. So lean to the under, nothing on the side, but an interesting game to uh, break down and analyze for sure. Uh, Alex, where do you sit with this one here, Calgary-Vancouver? Yes, yeah, a pass for me as well. I mean, kudos to the Canucks owner, Francesco Agolini, who came out and said, you know, we, you know, we still believe in this group, uh, this coaching staff uh, and everything. And you know, it gives that confidence uh, to the team. And maybe that's why we're seeing them with the 3-1 win, uh, he said, over Calgary. So maybe this could be the time where things start to turn around. But Calgary is the better team. Like I said, Markstrom's been playing well against uh, his old squad, so I wouldn't be shocked to see this one kind of go one way or the other. Maybe even a lean, possibly the regulation draw. Uh, but I'm just going to pass this one all together. All right, Jimmy, what do you think here? Flames Canucks for the third straight time. Well, 
I'll, I'll say just first off, Alex, and what you said there, I mean, I wouldn't give any kudos to Aquilini. Uh, he, he was he was going around looking for other GMs, and he struck out. He couldn't find anyone to come in. Uh, I can tell you that for a fact. He's, he's been so he couldn't find around. anyone. Then he comes up with that lame tweet that I say, we believe. He, start, he started that fire, and he's trying to put it out. So, yeah. you know, and and also usually when, when an owner does that, it's usually the kiss of death for, for a coach or a GM. So Good point. I, I don't think that situation's over at all. I, I, I You know, I do think, though, like you said, the Canucks are playing better. And let's face it, guys. They they are better than what they've played so far. They 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 definitely you know underestimated some of the guys they let go and and are paying for that. But at the same time, they're still a skilled team, and I like the way they're committing more to the defensive end right now. So I'm going to actually go with the Canucks in this game. Give me the Canucks in regulation. All right, Vancouver in regulation to build on that victory Saturday to snap an ugly skid for the Canucks. Plus 165. And I was on Vancouver on uh, Saturday, Jimmy. That was one of my uh, yeah. bets on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about coming back to them. I, I, I worry that Calgary really, really brings it tonight after what happened on Saturday. I mean, getting outshot 46 to 19, that's just yeah. you didn't show up. That's not just that you didn't play well. Yeah. That's you didn't show up as well when you're getting just completely outplayed to that extent, you know, more than doubled in shots on goal in that game by the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So you'd expect Gaudreau, Monaghan, Giordano, and company to be uh, a lot better tonight. Will it be enough? We'll have to see. But Jimmy going with Vancouver to keep that momentum going uh, in regulation. Plus 165 that price uh, with Vancouver uh, in regulation in that game. All right, final game on this Monday slate, Anaheim Ducks, San Jose Sharks, uh, Anaheim minus 115, uh, road favorites, five and a half the total in this one. Uh, I'd certainly, I, I am on Anaheim here uh, in this one at minus 115. I haven't bet the Ducks hardly at all this year, but uh, San Jose is kind of like Nashville for me right now, where it's, uh, unless there's a really yeah. good reason to stop betting against them and stop fading them, I'm going to do it nine times out of 10 in nearly every game. And that's how I feel about San Jose. It's just a team that is not good. They're, they're power. There's another team. We talk about Nashville's penalty kill being bad. San Jose's is right there. Yeah, in terms of being almost as bad. I mean, Vegas's power play single-handedly won that game for them on Saturday against the Sharks. They gave up a couple power play goals in that game. Their power play, their penalty kill has just been absolutely brutal. Now, on the flip side, Anaheim's had a terrible power play this year. So what's going to win out? Anaheim's power play, which has struggled, or San Jose's penalty kill, uh, which has struggled just as much, if not more. I think Anaheim probably could win that out. Anaheim's actually 3-1-1 one, one their last five games. Uh, they've already beaten the Sharks once. They beat the Kings. They beat Vegas in a one nothing shutout victory. And I keep coming back to the same thing. I mean, as much as Anaheim sometimes has trouble finding the back of the net, I give them a defensive edge over San Jose. You know, Anaheim can at least play some reasonable uh, defensive hockey, whereas San Jose's just, you know, turning the puck over left and right. Uh, they've got issues. Eric Carlson's now out again uh, for this team. Not that, you know, he's been someone that's been lighting it up and been awesome here for uh, the Sharks, uh, but he won't be there, which means you're putting another uh, inexperienced blue line. You're looking at Mario Ferraro, Brent Burns, Vlasic, uh, Nikola Nichkov, Nicholas Malosh, Frederick Clayson uh, as your blue line tonight for the San Jose Sharks. That worries me a lot. That's not necessarily a great, uh, one through six on the defensive core by any stretch of the imagination. Whereas at least with Anaheim, you know, you've got some good 
uh, defenseman back there, like a Cam Fowler, like a Hampus Lindholm, like a Kevin Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there's an edge for Anaheim. And then you can't even uh, compare uh, the two teams right now in terms of what they're getting from their goaltending. Uh, Devin Dubnik looks like he is still out for the foreseeable future on that COVID protocol list. So it's basically Martin Jones and you hold your breath if you're Bob Bugner. And Bob Bugner already called out Martin Jones' weak goaltending last week. And to be honest with you, it wasn't a whole lot better uh, on Saturday. But you got you got to go with the guy because, you know, Dubnik's out uh, of commission, at least for this point in time. So uh, all of a sudden you compare Jones to the likes of John Gibson, who I would think will be in net tonight for Anaheim. It's a big, big edge in between the pipes for the Ducks as well. I know Anaheim's offensively so challenged that maybe even San Jose can shut them down, but I look at it as, hey, this is the team that could get Anaheim maybe going offensively a little bit tonight. So I like the Ducks here at around an even money price, minus 110 to minus 115. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Uh, Ducks, Sharks? Yeah, this is, I'm going to go with the regulation draw here, plus 310. Uh, we saw these two teams meet up last week, both games going to overtime. Three of the last five for San Jose. Uh, have gone overtime as well. Like I said, these are two teams that play low and slow hockey. Uh, don't expect to see a whole lot of goals. So I see this being a, a 2-2 game going past 60 minutes. So plus 310 is a really good price here with the regulation draw. All right, there we go. We've got the uh, draw at plus 310 with uh, Anaheim and San Jose. Alex has hit a couple of these this year as well, more than a couple. So uh, definitely something to take note of and nice price points with all of those draw bets if you're uh, going to go ahead and bet those. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Anaheim, San Jose? I'm going to bring Jimmy puck line out on this last one, guys. Give me the reverse puck line for the ducks in this game is what I'm All like. right. All right. Let me just uh, check what that is. I, uh, let me see. Anaheim minus one and a half. And that is the reverse. Cause you're right. San Jose opened a slight favorite here. So mm-hmm. uh, it would be the uh, reverse puck line, the alternate uh, alternative puck line. There we go. If yeah. I get use the reverse uh, retro proper term. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the alternative puck line, but uh, yes, indeed, that is a excellent price that you can get. Uh, with that, if you like the uh, alternative puck line here uh, on the Anaheim Ducks uh, in this game, uh, let me just uh, check what that is here. Let me go, here it is alternative puck line. You're looking at plus two fifty uh, with Anaheim uh, laying the goal and a half. So a uh, very good. And like I say, sometimes it's tricky to trust Anaheim to score enough to win by two yep. goals or more on most nights. But hey, maybe the San Jose defense, which is banged up and not very good. And their goaltending from Martin Jones, which isn't very good. Uh, like I say, maybe that's going to be the cure for what ails this Ducks offense. Here's a fascinating stat, and we'll get to uh, best bets in just a second to wrap up the show. But Maxime Comtois has been basically the salvation yeah. for Anaheim scoring this year. Six goals for him. Nobody else. Nobody else on this Anaheim team has more than three goals. And, and Max Comtois has six for this Ducks team. Like it, and you know, unfortunately for them, Jakob Silverberg and Ricard Raquel, you know, and some of these other guys that they count on offensively, they've done diddly squat this year, you know, for the Anaheim Ducks. Good, good thing for them is Adam Henrique actually uh, got on the score sheet uh, the other night. Maybe he can get something going offensively, although he's more of a good, sound, fundamental two way player than a big time goal scorer. Uh, but still, I mean, it is definitely. Dallas Aikens trying to find offense from anybody he can find here on this team. And uh, credit to Maxime Comtois for six goals, but it also says a lot about what the other players, the other forwards aren't doing and how they're not producing Mm -hmm. uh, much offense for the uh, Anaheim Ducks so far. But again, I think we're all in the same boat here. We think San Jose's defense might oblige to getting Anaheim's offense going a little bit. 
uh, here in this game tonight. All right, that is the Monday card. We've gotten through all 10 games. Before we get to best bets to wrap up the show, a reminder, sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code THPN. Take advantage of the offer, the deals, the savings that you will uh, be able to get by doing that. So again, use DraftKings Sportsbook. And when you sign up with the DraftKings Sportsbook on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code THPN, which of course stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Take advantage of the great deals. All right. Before, uh, before we wrap up the show, as always, we wrap it up with best bets for this Monday NHL card. Uh, Alex P. Smith, we'll start with you. Best bet for Monday. Yeah, this is one of my biggest cards of, of the season, uh, personally. And, and the game I like the most out of that is the New York Islanders in regulation, uh, plus 125. I think Buffalo's going to come out a bit slow and sluggish. Like I said, still got guys on the COVID list. Uh, and this is an Islanders team. Like said, their style of play is not conducive for a team that's been rested uh, and kind of dead like the last week or so. So uh, Isles in regulation plus $1.25 is my best bet. All right, New York Islanders in regulation, plus 125, Alex's best bet. Jimmy, uh, what have you got lined up for best bet on this Monday night? Yeah, guys, I'm liking that Oilers uh, in regulation. I'm going to go with that. I uh, like just like the way they're playing right now. And uh, like I said, that two-way game has is, is built some success for them. Who knows where Mike Smith goes from here, but uh, I'll, I'll take I'll just ride with what they got right now. All right, Edmonton in regulation, plus 115. Uh, for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet on this uh, Monday night NHL card. And uh, my best bet for Monday night is going to be, uh, as I take a look here, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Columbus, Carolina uh, over five and a half minus half, minus one twenty. I've gone to the well with this as a best bet before. I think the last time I did it cashed, it was the uh, second meeting or the first meeting with Columbus and Carolina. I think we get there tonight. And again, I think value with Columbus over the total because there's been no adjustment. They keep it five and a half with this team, with the defense maybe taking a step back. But again, with the uh, infusion and the addition of Lyon and Roslovic to this team, they're scoring goals more. Bjorkstrand, Atkinson in good form. Uh, they haven't even gotten a whole lot from Alexander Texier lately. If he can get going for Columbus, uh, look out. They'll, they'll all of a sudden have a, a top six that can really hurt you offensively most nights. And uh, I think they'll find the back of the net. I also think Carolina probably will as well. Columbus has regressed a little defensively as is Corpus Allo. So for me, it'll be Columbus, Carolina over five and a half minus 120 for my best bet on this Monday card. That'll wrap it up. Thank you to everyone uh, for watching live on YouTube on either the Ice Guys or the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. If you miss the show live daily, we're on seven days a week. Make sure you download and listen to the audio podcast version of the show so you can listen to the Ice Guys on the go wherever you may be. Uh, for Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And thanks for watching the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.